And my friends, in my time in Italy, I never, ever, ever saw a 64-ounce tumbler of soda in anyone's hand. Not once. Hi, I'm Maria, otherwise known as the Fit Foodie. I'm a chef, holistic nutritionist, author, inventor, and mom. And I want to welcome you to my podcast. It's called Recipes for Your Best Life. And with every episode, I'm peeling back the onion on fitness, nutrition, health, wellness, and family. The truth is, you're the chef of your life. And for every important pillar, there's a great recipe worth sharing. So every week, we'll explore them together. Think of it as food for thought that you can really sink your teeth into. So join me and let's squeeze the joy out of this life because you only get one. Can I get a fork, yeah? Whenever someone asks me what my favorite meal is, I think they expect a certain reply. I mean, you know, I'm a fit foodie, so I'm sure they're thinking it's got to have gluten-free, paleo, or keto, or some combination of those labels incorporated in there somewhere, right? I mean, those diets are really popular, so that's probably what somebody that focuses on clean eating eats, right? But no, it's not what comes to mind. Because the key word here is favorite meal. Let me take you back. So I went to this fundraiser for the American Cancer Society in Los Angeles a couple of years ago. And, you know, it was a real treat for me because usually I'm the one cooking. So it was nice to be able to try other chefs' foods. And um, I had a catered dinner for six in a silent auction, so I was invited to attend. It had just been sold to the highest bidder, who just happened to be the actress Allison Janney. So I was feeling pretty, pretty dope, you know, kind of uh, flying high. And uh, she's only about a foot taller than me. So, you know, me and my, my new BFF, we were hanging out, chatting. I was craning my neck so that I could talk to her. Um, and you know, after talking to her, I was scoping out all the offerings, checking out what I wanted to try. And I went up to one of the booths and happily accepted a small plate of very delicate triangles of pillowy pasta. And these little pillows, and definitely handmade, were filled with the most succulent little morsels buttery lobster tail topped with shavings of parmigiano reggiano and an opulent crown you like that word opulent crown of sublime black truffle i mean hashtag food porn so i took a deep inhale and i literally gasped i think the world stood still for a moment the birds stopped chirping the crickets stopped chirping, and the air stood more still than I've ever felt. I mean, it was emotional. I think my heart may have stopped beating for a minute, or it was just beating so hard that I couldn't feel anything else. I'm not really sure. <laughs> but that bite fell on my tongue, and I 
think that I fell in love. And I, I'm pretty sure it was true love. And I really didn't care who knew it. That was my favorite food. At least for now, until I have the next bite that rocks my world. I think I tasted something that changed my chemical makeup. And it was just two beautifully folded, handmade, perfectly executed pieces of pasta with fillings and toppings that balanced out a flavor profile that I just can't even explain to you. It was so good. I hope you kind of got it just from my explanation, but it was so good. And I ate them so slowly because I really wanted to savor every bite. I mean, I was all in. I was engaged with every ounce of my being so present and I wanted nothing else. And here's the crazy part. I think because it was so good and I was so in the moment and so focused, I had two ravioli and I was completely satisfied. Two. No, there was no limit on what I could eat. There were literally dozens of other dishes that I could pick from, but the balance of flavors and the richness of the food and just, I'm, my mouth is watering right now just thinking about it. This crown of black truffle, just this like perfectly umami flavor profile was so satisfying, I still dream of that little dish of pure bliss every day. I'm pretty much every day. So what does this all mean? Am I supposed to eat pasta every day, Maria? Is that what you're telling me? Eat pasta every day because it tastes good? No, that's not what I'm saying. I am saying that we get to eat foods like this, though, regularly. You like that? Regularly. And it's because in my new book, I talk about a strategy called the 90-10 rule. And then the concept behind the 90-10 rule is if you're eating properly, you're eating the right type of foods 90% of the time, 10% of the time, you can eat what you want. Still controlled, okay, no, this is not an opportunity for your your id to go wild and start downing everything that it can possibly put its little taste buds and tongue on. No, it means being smart, but enjoying the food and being so present with it. You know, when I was growing up, food was sort of our reward. You know, food was what we associated with family get-togethers. It was love. And it really does have the power to take our emotions to places that we've never experienced before. It can help us recall memories. It reminds us of people. It can transform our mood. It's an international language that doesn't really require words. I mean, no translation required when you got a plate of love like that, right? It's just groaning and moaning and... No, I'm just joking. Kind of. Not really. But... It really doesn't require any conversation. It's something that we can all understand. 
And it's the only art form that allows us to taste, see, touch, smell, and hear. I mean, really, it's the only art form that engages all of the five senses. And it's a celebration. It's what I call a celebration of sustenance. So let's go back to all of those monikers. You know, I, th I feel like sometimes it's almost like you have to identify how you eat. It's like, hi, my name is Maria. Hi, I was born in the United States. Hi, I'm paleo. Hi, I'm vegan. Hi, I'm an omnivore. I mean, it's like how we identify ourselves right now, and it doesn't have to be. We don't have to drain the living fork out of food. So much of the time, diets tell us what we should eliminate. And in the process, entire food group categories get plucked out of our vocabulary. And really a lot of potential pleasure. I mean, we've shunned gluten, we've dumped on dairy, we bagged on beans, we've outcast the whole carb family, you know, family not welcome anymore, cast out to oblivion. And I'm wondering if it could be a case of throwing out the baby with the bathwater, because it could just be about our habits. And that's what I talk about in my new book, and it's called Eat Like You Give a Fork. The truth is you can eat carbs and you can eat gluten in small amounts. You can eat dairy in small amounts. You can eat beans. You can eat anything. It's about balance, though. And it's about good habits. When I was in college, I had the really, really good fortune of spending a lot of time in Italy. I studied there. I had a best friend who was Italian, so I got to really experience food from the Italian perspective. And it became so staunchly clear to me that all of the food groups we so readily rule out are healthy, they're alive and well in other diets, you know, Italian diets to name just one. But here's some of the intel that I gleaned in my time there. The dairy for the fresh mozzarella, the parmigiano reggiano, and all of those other specialty cheeses are from animals that are fed the proper nutrition and raised without added hormones. And the result is such a superior flavor that the pizza doesn't need mounds of cheese. It needs just a few pieces, you know, a few pieces that add incredible flavor. It's just enough to give it some love. The flour is usually milled locally and breads are baked with such painstaking care and they use fermented starters versus quick rise yeast and those starters are so much better for your gut. You know, they actually have probiotic benefit. And so in a lot of cases, people that are gluten intolerant can eat these breads because of the fermentation process. And you don't get all of the bloating. I mean, let's get real. You know, when you have an intolerance to gluten, some of those side effects, even if you're not diagnosed celiac, are not really desirable. So you end up avoiding those foods. I also found that the portions are so much smaller. I mean, you don't get the bottomless plate of pasta. They eat three courses and they start with two to three ounces of cooked pasta, a reasonable amount of protein, high quality protein like fish or 
meat, you know, some sort of beef or maybe chicken or you know, something, even if it's vegetarian, you know, it's a reasonable portion of, of protein. And then you finish with cooked vegetables or a salad. So you never, ever leave the table feeling like a stuffed turkey, you know? I, I mean, I never felt like, even though we would eat three courses, I never felt like I was so full that I couldn't move or felt uncomfortable. You just feel satisfied because the portions are adequate. And my friends, in my time in Italy, I never, ever, ever saw a 64-ounce tumbler of soda in anyone's hand. Not once. People take their time eating. I mean, eating is a time to stop. It's a time to sit. It's a time to eat, converse, slow down. You don't gulp your food down like Homer Simpson. You know, that means improper digestion. I remember I went, uh, I went out on a date with um, an Italian who told me that he believed that the reason, and these were her word, his words, excuse me, his words, not her words. These were his words, so don't quote me on this. But he said the reason that Americans are fat is that they don't eat slow enough, okay? I know. I was a little shocked when I heard that, but there is something to be said when you gulp your food down and you don't digest properly. Plus, I mean, the potential choking hazards, you know what I'm saying? Like, the, the duress is real. It can, it can slow you down. And there are studies that show you eat far less when you're in the company of others. When you're eating with other people, you have a lot less tendency to just overindulge. And while venti is the Italian word for 20, 20 ounce coffee drinks with over 100 grams of sugar do not exist in Italy. So just taking a little nod from one of the healthier regions of the world and where there is a blue zone, food feeds our body our mind and our soul. And there's a lot of dignity in that. There's a lot of joy in that. And it should be appreciated. And when it comes to what God's green earth can produce, I don't think there necessarily has to be anything off limits. You know, no one can deny that ingredients should be clean. And we understand the merits of being plant forward and sustainably raised and prepared healthfully. And it shouldn't come with a laundry list of unpronounceable ingredients manufactured in a lab. It should be enjoyed with fervor and joy. Joy is in that word enjoyed and savored, like something that leaves us waiting for the next meal with a lot of giddy anticipation. And it should be enjoyed in serving sizes that are proportionate to our caloric expenditures. I mean, if you are a world-class athlete, and you are burning 8,000 calories a day, go knock yourself out. Eat, baby, eat, because you are burning it. But if you're like the average person that should probably be getting somewhere between 1,800 to 2,200 calories a day, you know, it's not about being a slave to the calories, but you do have to be careful. You do have to watch for them. Because if you're eating more calories than what you're expending, then you're expanding. 
and our food should be nutritionally balanced. But nutrition can include and should include carbs. We need them. And I do believe that we should always be enjoying food in the company of others. That, my friends, is la dolce vita. That is the sweet life. So if you start to think about nutrition as the core, that 90%, and you allow the 10%, which based on my numbers and what I talk about in Eat Like You Give a Fork, you get to have three to four meals a week. That is your 10% of what you can eat and enjoy that maybe is outside of your regular eating plan. So you get to enjoy. Keep the joy in your meals. There should be nothing that's really off limits except the things that can truly hurt your health. I mean, you know, there are some things that nobody should ever put in their mouths. Anything processed, anything that is high in hydrogenated fats, anything that has artificial or chemical additives, and really, really limit the fried stuff. So have we forked the fun out of food? No, we don't have to. Not if we eat the 90-10 rule. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I know you have a lot of choices out there of what to listen to, what to watch, so it means a lot to me that you're here with me. And hey, if you love this content, would you hit the subscribe button? I want you around. I don't want you to just show up for one episode and leave. I want you here, part of the conversation, a seat at this table. And while you're at it, would you share this with your friends and family? And if you take a screenshot and share it on your social media with a hashtag RFYBL for recipes for your best life, I'll make sure to personally give you a shout out and you may just be featured right here on the show. So until next time, here's to living deliciously and being the chef of your best life.